0: Otherwise
1: on SAFM. And you're listening to Otherwise on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. On today's edition of Otherwise, we speak to the founder of Buo, and Dr. Ntabi Sabanda and Dr. Tessa Dowling from the School of Languages at UCT, talking multilingualism. And uh, with me on the show, my team, Hazel Makuzenu, who's my producer and our electric producer. Kim Thertel, you may reach us on the phone 0892 102010 or email us on otherwise at sabc.co.za. Now let's welcome founder of Buon and Tabby Sibanda. And Tabby, hello.
2: Hello. Hello to you and to the listeners.
1: Oh, thank you for joining us today, and Tabby.
2: Oh, thank you for having me on the show. I'm very excited.
1: We are too. You've come a long way since mm-hmm. the Women's Development Bank. Yes. Um, did that help contribute to the establishment of Pua?
2: Um, Hugely, hugely. Um, so as the, the name says, Women's Development Bank, um, it's basically the aim of, of the WDB is to support um, women entrepreneurs, mainly um, rural women mm-hmm. in various forms, be it um their actual businesses, through enterprise development, and through other support um, mechanisms that they m- may need in running their businesses, mm. um, but then also in a corporate sphere, because I was at Women's Development Bank Investment Holdings, um, we interacted a lot with women in the, in the corporate sphere or in the, I suppose, urban areas who were also trying to start up their businesses, even though that wasn't the main aim for investment holdings. We came across a lot of women who we would then help in terms of getting them access to 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 markets, access to our networks, mm-hmm. and that really um, I think gave me the the confidence to to go on and 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 start Poo in the sense that I knew that there would be that network that mm-hmm. that would support um, would support me as an entrepreneur.
1: But what? How important? And we'll get to Poo just now. But how important is it to uh, have to know more than one language in in doing business or whatever it is that we need to do on a daily basis in South Africa.
2: I think it's it's hugely important. I think it it it. Um, first of all, it just it gives you a different, um, perspective on things. Um, you know, be it how you engage with other people. Um, cause remember also that, um, language is a window into a culture. Mm -hmm. Um, so by understanding that person's language or being able to speak another language, um, it just helps you to engage with people in the business world or just in any interactions that you have much better. So even though, you know, um, English tends to be the language of of business, I think being multilingual just then helps you navigate um, some of those softer elements of a relationship, a business relationship that you're trying to cultivate. Um, But then also just I think it it does speak to to the heart or to the emotion and, and, and just softens up the relations as you in engaging, engaging with people.
1: Yeah, you say English is the official um, language for business, but it, it really depends. That's very elitist as well because it depends on um, how far up the rung you are doing business.
2: Exactly. And I mean, I, I say that, but I've also had business meetings where it's been conducted um, or will interchange between um, English and Sosoto, for example. Mm. Um, and I think as long as it's it's not alienating anyone, that, that, you know, all in the room can understand one another, then I think, you know, there is that flexibility and I think that is what's beautiful about, um, doing business in such a multilingual or multicultural environment in South Africa. So, you know, whilst we embrace multilingualism, we must also make sure that we're not making anyone feel alienated or feel like, okay, why are they talking about me? But it's more of a, let's, Let's learn from one another, and and let's have the conversation, and and open up to the various languages that are, that are available. So I've certainly been in 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 those situations, and then also, you know, like I was saying, dealing with um, engagements at a community level mm. or in the rural areas, etc. You you do have to then be flexible in terms of understanding that, you know, English isn't the the first language that comes that that comes naturally to everyone.
1: You've lived in different parts of the world and worked. Um, is our situation in South Africa unique as to you know how many languages we can or have to 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 work with?
2: Um, it actually isn't isn't that unique. Um, so what's beautiful about South Africa is that it's unique in the sense of us having 11 official languages. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know it's 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 not unique in the sense of people coming from different. Um, ling- linguistic or, or cultural backgrounds and coming into this common workspace. Um, so, for example, um, in the U.S., um, you know, whilst English is the, the main language, there's a, a huge um, Spanish community, for example. A lot mm-hmm. of people are bilingual in that in that aspect. Um, so, it's it's also, I think, globally there is that acceptance that you know. People come with that different cultural aspect and bring that with them into the workplace and you know from From my point of view, I think that's what makes it the conversations um, more beautiful and more more enriched mm-hmm. and it also just brings a different perspective as opposed to just one language, one culture um, you know um, and one viewpoint
1: so poor is born Tell yeah. us about that. <laughs>
2: Okay so um you know I think for me I always had a an interest in 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 languages the curiosity around languages and 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 how they were formed and and you know who decided that a tree is going to be called a tree for example and you know the the commonalities amongst different african languages for example um I have a good friend of mine from from cameroon and we'd always like sit and and discuss like the words that we have in common so that was always just something that interests me but in terms of how Pua itself was born was actually with the birth of my first child um, Lulu and um, you know when she was born my, hus- my husband and I just decided it, it actually was a no-brainer that we we're going to speak to her in our respective languages mm-hmm. um, mine being Soto and his being Isndebele. and you know we we thought okay this is simple enough we, we know enough examples i think also anyone growing up or living in joburg knows you know a lot of people speak a lot of languages mm-hmm. um so for us it was a no brainer and, and went about it that way and um you know for me then it was i, I knew that was i i was going to need to have support in terms of in terms of the books and 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 the games and everything else that you supplement a language with that has come so naturally I think for English speakers because there's such a lot of material in English mm-hmm. um, and then going to the retail store i there was just nothing there it was just you know a dearth of material in african languages and 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 little bit that i that I was able to find, I found that it it didn't resonate with the lifestyle that we were living, mm-hmm. so oftentimes it was you know, situated in a, in a rural setting, in a village setting. And, you know, that's not something that we're living in a, in a, on a day-to-day basis. So I felt that in order to um, engage with, with, our, with our child, um, we now have two kids, but in order to engage with our children, we're going to have to have materials that reflect um, our African heritage but also reflect our modern lifestyles. And that's where, where, where the beginnings of BUA came about
1: now what do you produce you produce books
2: for children mainly yes so we focused on children um, nine years and younger just simply because that's you know in terms of their language acquisition that's like the the optimal time to, to expose them to different languages um, and then we produce um, storybooks. We have our Lula and Label characters, um, so everyday stories, which are bilingual. That's the approach we've taken with our materials. We've got flashcards and puzzles, and we're doing a series of posters and and the like. So, you know, we've we've made the stories um, fun and engaging. We've we've brought in where relevant um, nursery rhymes or you know little jingles that that. Um, that come from or emanate from African heritage Um, and just making it fun so that, you know, the kids um, want to engage and relate to it. And then the parents find it or teachers find it easier because then it's accessible. Um, Because in in, in doing the research um, in terms of the extent of the lack of of relevant materials, it's like 83% or only 17% of published materials in South Africa are in African languages.
1: I like the fact that they're bilingual. In fact, I bought some for my grandchild.
2: Oh, okay. In
1: (laughs) Cape Town. I think you guys were in Cape Town uh, not so long ago. Yes. But the challenge has been for me, and this is why we've invited Tessa, who will join us on this conversation in a few minutes. The challenge was for me, if both parents are not... Or do not speak African languages, Mm
2: -hmm. because
1: even if you have these books, you need to read them to Mm -hmm. to to the children so that they get used to the music of the voice. Yes. What happens then? Is it is it easier for for parents to go and learn for like learn a different language before they teach it to their children? I mean, is the market open for all the children to learn the languages, provided they have somebody who can read them in 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 that particular language?
2: Well, I mean, we've had people take on different approaches. So, so I, I suppose the easy one is, as you're saying, if you the parent can read the language, then you pick it up and read it to your child. But we've also had situations where parents are like, "Oh, I want to learn along with them." Mm-hmm. So this is the the right level or right pitch, you know, that, that, that we've done our books. in. so, so, so there are those, I suppose, that are more, you know, adventurous or up to the task of, of learning along with them. And then for us, you know, we always see the next step is, um, doing audio because then as you're saying, you know, you want to be able to get the pronunciation right or just hear the rhythm Mm -hmm. of, of the language. So it's, it's a work in progress and, um, you know, this being the first step and then, you know, moving on to make it more easier to engage with.
1: I see you also have, a, did you say, a television program coming up?
2: Um, no, we, that's very beginning stages. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea is to create um, Lula and Lebo to be um, in all aspects of our lives so that it is easier to engage in the language. So um, definitely going animation is something that. We're looking at, but it is um, uh, a bit of a process actually. (laughs) So we're just (laughs) at at beginning stages.
1: Well, I I really appreciate, you know, your your passion and, and your drive in doing this because you saw a gap. And and you walked into it, and now it's growing, and it's going to get bigger than you. You realize that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's the idea. We must, we must export um, our stories to the mm. rest of the world. And, and, and I think it also helps in terms of social cohesion, but it also helps in terms of having our children walk tall and knowing that, you know, they matter and they have something to contribute as well.
1: But I think you'll also find there will be a need for you to have Lulu and Gobas and Lebo and, you know, Pamela
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> in one setting, in one book, having this wonderful conversation because this is where South Africa is going.
2: Exactly, exactly. So already in the shopping day story or oh, um, head and shoulders story, Lula, Lula's friend Yola has joined in, and you know, so we are introducing other um, characters to reflect our multicultural um, environment, as you're saying.
1: Yeah, no, you know, uh, it's it's very exciting. I mean, the possibilities are vast, and I can see you going into 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 merchandising as well, mm-hmm. because I'm, now I'm doing a business plan. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, I don't want to reveal too much, but it does have a lot of legs to it. Let me just say that. <laughs> no, nah, I thought, I
1: thought because um, you know, do, um, I mean, we've had storytellers who have published, Tinnam um, uh, Sharpe being one of them, and a whole lot of um, other poets who are doing work, but for adults mainly. You know, as far as. Uh, a, a, Black stories are concerned because it's also about documenting history through these books.
2: Exactly. So,
1: um, this is, this has not been documented before and this is where my excitement is. But we must talk about the challenges. Of learning the language and you must come and share with us because Tessa is going to join us in a few minutes. Okay. As we take a break. But I want us to look at the challenges of especially adults because Tessa does, she's at UCT and the challenges of adults learning a language. I use music mainly, but I think there are other ways of, of learning. So we'll, we'll come back and join you now Tabby, please stay okay. on the line with us uh, while we do, uh, w- while we take a break. Okay. From humble beginnings to international opera stardom, this August, the world-renowned South African soprano Priti Yende is back home for a series of concerts. In the August issue of Classic Field magazine, read a captivating interview with the opera star who graces the magazine's cover for the second time. For more exclusive interviews and the latest arts and culture news, get the August issue of Classic Field magazine, available now at selected newsagents and bookshops.
2: The news around your world changes by the minute.
0: The workers
1: were fired after embarking on an unprotected. When he had the door, they then.
2: I want
0: President Mugabe enjoy
1: his retirement. He later died in a police cell. Police For a loyal listener like you, losing out on the latest news is not an option. To stay in touch with updated news and views, simply tune in and keep up. SABC News, Africa's news leader. Um, Standard Bank brings you a retrospective exhibition by renowned artist Simon Stone. Stone's paintings have been described as unashamedly traditional with a twist, both detailed and expressive. He reveals an exploration of color, form, composition, as well as mood and atmosphere. Visit the Standard Bank Gallery from 10th of July to the 14th of September For more information, log on to standardbankarts.co.za. Standard Bank, moving forward. Otherwise, on SAFM. You've just joined us on Otherwise and Sibanda. We're talking multilingualism, multilingualism, or a big word. Tessa, how are you? You've been listening to the, to the conversation. <laughs> Tessa, before Teta Soda, let's, let's speak in a language that all of us can understand. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, you've been teaching specifically KOSA, have you? Yes, yes, for many, many years. For many years. Yes. Um, and and you've been listening to what Ntabi is doing, starting us from an early age. What have you seen as as uh, challenges in teaching uh, KOSA especially?
3: I think there's a challenge as um, languages are changing in South Africa. Hmm. So we used to have a standard KOSA that we can rely on, that everybody, you know, if I taught it in the classroom when people went out to the township or the rural areas, that would be the kosa that was spoken. And actually, Where I come
1: from, we used to call it kosa-e. A.
3: Kosa-e, a that's <laughs> it. It's called as perele. it's penale, you know?
0: yeah.
3: And what my students come back and they say, but, you know, it is no longer a teaspoon. And I go, what did you find out was a teaspoon? It's a teaspoon <laughs> which I kind of knew, but, uh, you know, you'd think we'd better teach it And even in... The rural areas, certain uh, parts of the lexicon are changing, and that's research I've done just to show how you know, the vocabulary of a language changes, which is a wonderful thing for a language to do because it's adapting to the people who are around it. It shows survival. It shows a robustness in the language. But as teachers, we have to be aware of all the changes and how do we integrate that into our language class.
1: I'm I'm wondering, Tabi, have, have you considered all these changes as we move talking about the difference between rural areas and urban areas because it is spoon, it is spoon, you know, yeah. even gas is so too, it is spoon. <laughs>
2: <'Cause>, <laughs> I always say which is more, <laughs> which is more spoon, but you know, it's it's. Um, I think Tessa's spot on in that because the, those are debates we have all the time and. Um, You know, I think uh, uh, not so much as hardcore as a policy that we take at Puhu, but more the approach that we try to take is that if there's a word for it in our language, use that word. But then we often have pushback with the translators or some of the writers that are writing in the language first as opposed to writing it in English, who will say, no, but if you use that word, no one's going to know what you mean.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And, you know, I think it, it... whilst, yes, I agree that, you know, you, you do have to adapt and everything, but I, I think you, you also run the, the the risk of devaluing the language and saying, okay, well, well all it is is just anglophied, you know, susut, you're just taking mm-hmm. English words and putting a susut accent and that's it, you know, or borrowing from Afrikaans. And I do think it's beautiful that languages do borrow a lot from one another. Mm-hmm. I mean, English itself has borrowed a lot from so many languages. Mm-hmm. But for example, in one of the stories that we wrote, um, you know, instead of blue, no, so for blue, the the um, writer had written below, and I'm like, but kipuzwa, there's a word for it. And she's like, well, no, no one says that. I'm like, well, I say it. Mm-hmm. And if I say it, um, you know, and I don't consider myself, you know, someone living in the mountains with deep, deep sessoto. But if I know that it's puzwa, then, you know, that's what I'm going to use with my kids, you know. So I think we also mustn't go too extreme where you end up losing words completely. Tessa?
3: Look, I do agree with Tavi. I think she, I mean, it is absolutely correct that we need to value the language by using the lexicon that's there, the beautiful vocabulary that is there. But we also need to straddle, you know, that divide, which is. What are they going to hear out there? Mm-hmm. It's particularly for me teaching communication to people who have to go out and and speak to people in their natural environment who, who are not going to be mediating, thinking, should I use the correct word? They're just going to speak. Mm-hmm. And if my students use uloliwe, but no one else uses that for train, just says it train, or in moilomoy, in you know, for, for airplane, much as I love those words, if they're not in currency, I, you know... How useful is it? So we need to say, look, there's this beautiful word. This is the traditional word. Know it. When you go out there, you can also use this word. Judge who you're speaking to. Judge the, the personalities, the types of people you're speaking to, to, in order to understand which word you would do, just like we do in English. Um, you know, my students use like every second word. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, oh, where's over there, I'm like, oh. You know, and that's not English to me. Why is everything like? So, But if I had to teach English, I would say you're going to hear a lot of likes. That like is just phatic communication. It's just filling in the gap. Um, but, you know, in good English, we don't use it all the time. We use it to mean, you know, like something.
1: Tessa, <laughs> say that aeroplane name again.
3: Well, there's this one, Ngwelo Moya. Moya. And the other one that I heard recently on When A Radio Faso was Ngwelo um, Aka.
1: The, the wagon of the bird. Of the bird. I mean, how beautiful. Oh, that is that is beautiful. Yes. But now, what if, and this is a question to both of you, what if you're writing, and because, uh, Tabi, you translate from one language to another, what if those words don't exist in the language that you're trying to express yourself in? Because we do have, we use, living in the urban areas again, we use words of of things that never existed uh, when our language was originally formed. E computer. How do you how do you then say e computer?
2: Um, you know, for us the way that we've taken it, so for example, e computer, kitchen, we so we do use those words. I so will just say e computer. Um but I do foresee um a situation that may may arise where, you know, you might you might do a bit of research and, and maybe come up with something that you agree that okay, this may not be um, a word that's used. But then, if if we use this word if we create this word, then it'll be, you know, it'll be obvious enough what it is. You know, so it's more descriptive, for example. But at this point, we're we're not we're not anal about um, stopping the writing process mm-hmm. in order to create a whole new. Um, dictionary and, and lexicon. Um the other thing also just in terms of what Tessa was saying in terms of the, the different, you know, words and stuff that we use. Some of our products that we're coming up with now, for example, we'll print both both words. We'll print print um so for example in in a, on a poster, like we'll print um the 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 real words, so like for example, um, months of the year, and then we'll also print the anglified one, just because you know people then will use both, and we also want to be flexible that people can recognise what's what.
1: Tess, is there a dictionary that exists at the moment that would probably? Uh, have more newer words as as, as Ntabi is saying that have been reconstructed the same way as you spoke about the, the, the airplane a few minutes ago um, uh, That's beautiful that, that
3: she would be doing that in, in her text um, I only know of the greater dictionary of TOSA project which is a massive dictionary three massive volumes and they will have um, the colloquial word um, like for 60, they have E60. They actually have it written S-I-X, S-I-K-S-T-I.
1: While you think about it, may I interrupt you because we need to go to news. Yes. Okay. It's, it's now time for news headlines with Usilia uh, Saku. Thanks, Usile. Um, welcome back. Sorry, Tessa, I interrupted you there. You were you were talking, um, making a point? Yes. Um, some
3: dictionaries do give the colloquial word, and they will also give the very standard word that might have gone out of use, but that is the standard word. So the Greater Dictionary of Costa will give Amashimi, Amat, um, Amatandatu, and then they will also give you 60. So okay. they would... They would give the the long one, and they'll give the short colloquial one. Redi in di lungile, they'll also give redi, which is, was, you know, simply we're done, di You know, that's actually come part of, you know, people's lyrics. and It's so lovely, which I use in my teaching. But then I'll say, she says in di redi, what is another word for? Mm. Say that you're ready to do something. So um, I think we do need to teach both, um, but we need to be, you know, remember that languages that survive are languages that are fairly promiscuous, you know, go and take from other languages are lively and change all the time. A language that tries just to keep to its original will die out. So, I, you know, we don't speak Shakespearean English anymore or Chaucerian English. So we do need to be aware of that. And I also think that in language teaching, we do need to be aware of how beautiful the grammar of African languages um, is. And I think that something that I try and encourage my students to say is, the grammar will never change. The grammar is a constant. The lexicon may, may change. But this superb, you know, grammar that has just enchanted people. When, when you teach the grammar and they say, I've always hated grammar when I learn English, but when I learn the grammar of an African language, it is like the most amazing math that you go into that is so logical. Um, and I think that is something we could do, teach the patterns of the language. Because grammar is always a word that makes people frightened. But African language grammar is one of the sexiest things out there, and I would really love to promote it, which I'm doing
1: right now. <laughs> you are, actually, you are. <laughs> Ntabi, do you think it's different for when we teach children to teach them boopah, and then we can have this, this promiscuousness of language only when we're talking or teaching adults, because that's what they use every day, but do you think we need to... Have the original basic language as best as we can to to go into um, your books, for instance, and any other parent trying to teach a language
2: um, you know I think so from from our point of view as well we we just because I started as a parent um, you know that's where sort of the point of departure is in terms of who we're addressing um, is parents wanting to pass on their language to to their children. And from that point of view, um, I think it's important that parents, because parents also get hung up in, I'm not a teacher, I don't know how to teach the language, Mm -hmm. and it's just to say, okay, calm down, first of all, just speak the language, because that's actually how children pick up any language, um, is just having those conversations and speaking to them. So... You know, whilst, uh, you know, we could sit here and say, um, yes, speak, uh, teach or speak to them in the proper language, Mm -hmm. I think rather do the best you can than nothing at all. Um, And then, you know, with our books, like I said, we've, you know, we've used um, as much of the proper language as as we can. Um, and then, when they get into the school environment, um, taking the lessons and all of that, then that's where the teacher will then come in with, um, you know, the actual teaching um, of of the language in terms of grammar and 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 all of that.
1: Mm-hmm. And what do you both of you feel about using social media to 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 share the 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 beauty of an African language, for instance, but using possibly what you are doing with Buontabi and uh, having those translations?
2: Oh, I think it's it's wonderful because it makes it so accessible. Um, You know, and you just get, you just get really nice interactions and engagements and, and the like. So, so like I was saying in terms of where our vision is, is to make African languages and heritage accessible in our daily lives. And I think that's one of the challenges that, that has been um, with with promoting African languages is that they're so compartmentalized mm. and we want to get them out there and, and get them accessible so definitely social media is a huge thing that we rely on at BOOL. We also have um, on our website um, a weekly vocab that we put up um, so so I think let's move with the times and get technology going and get and get people's input going because we also get you know um, people in our in our Facebook followers and 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 Twitter will also correct us or bring in like you know well actually there's another perspective so it's actually quite a nice engagement that that we get from from those um, social media platforms.
1: And what do we think of Tessa? What do we think of of music and using? African language and the way, well, pop music, they, they, I can't even say they use proper African language, but they use uh, what we would call a variety, yeah. but also what we would call slang, you know. Yes. More, nice. more yes. than
3: Definitely, like Lira uses very nice keton tanda, you know, choose the one you'd love.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: you, you get Ringo using beautiful African languages. You get um, Zahara. So there are many musicians who use the African language in a fairly pure state, Tamagwini. Uses incredibly pure deep closer, mm. and then the other ones that are kind of slang i think that's fine we can celebrate that we could set it as a task for our students to say you know you've made a couple of errors over here or there's another better word that one could use but they we, we could play the song first and then they get to interact with maybe correcting it so yeah there's so much we could do and in terms of social media one thing that my students, one of my honours students is researching is how the vernacular is used in social media to talk about things you otherwise wouldn't talk about
0: mm-hmm. in the
3: vernacular. So she said, for example, in the vernacular you don't talk about sex, but in social media there are platforms now that have somehow allowed the vernacular to go to domains that an oral discourse would not normally be used. So I think it's fascinating research mm-hmm. that's going mm-hmm. on now. Can you give
1: us an example?
3: So for example, she, um, she, you know, she would talk uh, on, on this particular site. She showed me about, like, um, you know, like that, you know? and even get up and all of this kind of thing, you know, sort of erectile dysfunction of a boyfriend. And, you know, this is not something. And what my honest student, my lady said was, you know, Tess, we wouldn't talk about this, but in this particular forum, is given a chance to talk, and then people answer and give advice, and it's it's
1: nice, it's friendly, and but it's even Mac. You know, do you know it doesn't sound as vulgar also when you say Indugiak?
0: Exactly. You know, it just sounds so like cute. the cleanest
1: <laughs> thing ever. I <laughs> like that. You know, it's much nicer than. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, see you must get you us that whatever. website. I am very interested in finding that website. If you <laughs> if you'd like to share it, because it's it's uh, so much more interesting. But there we go, Untabi. What? How would you, little kids? Because we we're talking about learning. Kids must learn about their privacy and you know people touching them in, in in certain ways. In your books, do you do you go there? Do you talk about health issues, or do you just tell wonderful stories? uh do you, can they be used uh, to teach health issues
2: well i uh, definitely they can so so right now with the Lulan level it's it's just it's everyday stories so even our head and shoulders one is literally just teaching body parts as in head shoulders you know mm. um but they do lend themselves to um and and those are some of the other conversations that we're having in terms of um being more going into more depth in terms of um, the educational aspects, so healthy living, as you're saying, or, you know, about your body parts and the like. But um, in doing that, I think we also just need to be very careful Mm -hmm. that you know, we're positioning it well, we've got the right advice in terms of, because it's such a sensitive topic. So it's not something that we would just, plunge right ahead into ourselves it's something that we would go and with our partners and and you know actually just make sure that we're we're getting the right message across
1: well Tavi, i want to congratulate you on all the wonderful work you've done and um, my grandchildren i say again i enjoying the book
2: oh great and we, we hope to the whole of south
1: africa does so soon
2: oh yeah so i was actually going to say that from the end of this month they'll be in CNA stores, so oh, there will be more accessible. well done. Thank you. But they are now in um, exclusive books, um, selected exclusive books. And, of course, on our on our online store, on our website, um, puo.co.za.
1: Puo being P-U-O.
2: P-U-O.co.za. We've got an online store and we'll deliver. Fantastic,
1: darling. Thank you so much Thank for chatting you to us. so
2: much. Thank you. Thank you. Tessa? Okay.
1: Tessa? Yes. Induguy <laughs> I, I can't get over that. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much, you. Tessa, and I hope we, we have you again on the show to share some of these amazing stories. Great. And keep teaching, huh? Hey? I will. Thank so you so it. much.
3: Thank yeah.
1: you. Now it's <laughs> time um yeah, for a little break and we'll be back. I thought I'd never make it through. Watinta Bafazi. What you strike a woman, you strike a rock. I thought I would brave. I didn't know my own strength and I crashed down. This iconic phrase has come to represent an entire generation. When the chips were down and all hope was lost, when we couldn't even imagine a solution, you were strong enough to stand up and fight.
2: Your courage is the building block of this nation. Your femininity Never a weakness, but always a secret strength. We thank you for the
1: contribution you've made from the grassroots up. To the nation's pillars, we salute you, and SAFM wishes you a happy Women's Month.
0: Otherwise,
1: on SAFM. You're listening to Saskia's News and Information Leader, and it's Otherwise with me, Shadotwala. Um, Joining us now is Puleng Mpokoto, who is the producer of the Great Women in Song Music Festival. Puleng, hello, welcome. Hi, Shadow. Thank you so much. I'm surprised you could talk to us. You should be doing sound checks and all of that. It's
0: hectic. It's hectic. We've been running up and down. You know, I mean, I, I said to, I told Hazel that I don't think I'll be able to do this, but you know, I appreciate the fact that we're doing this over over the phone. So you yeah, are such, a yeah. You are such a
1: professional. You're such a professional. Tell us a bit about the Great Women in Song Music Festival. It's your first year, is it?
0: Yes, yes, it is. Here's what we're looking at doing, Shadow. I, you know, um. First and foremost, I think the most important thing is the fact that a lot of young women do not really know what 1956 is about.
2: Mm -hmm. When you
0: mention the year 1956, it doesn't ring a bell. It doesn't mean anything to them. So for me, one of the most important things is to just draw attention to what... Um, To the essence of 1956. And then secondly, I feel that, you know, we've got a lot of talented artists and women artists in South Africa, but you find that after about two years of being at the height of their, their careers, they normally fizzle out. So we basically are looking at um, creating a, a credible platform for women artists to perform uh, on, on on an annual basis. That's basically the essence of of the show. Okay, That's so not not approach. not
1: the popular ones, not the ones who made no. it necessarily, but anyone who has talent.
0: No, look, yes, yes, not not necessarily um, exactly what you're saying. Exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, in 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 2013, it's a matter of we did this um, out of our own pockets. Obviously, you find that um, corporate companies do not want to work with um, with um, com- companies that do not have any any uh, a track record. Mm-hmm. So, at the end of the day, it's important for you to firstly build that track record and then go back to them so we've got we've got the buy-in of a number of corporate companies um for 2014 on the, but it, it it basically is on the basis of on condition that that um the 2013 festi- festival is a runaway success mm-hmm. so we've really pushed you know we've worked hard we've got a, ve- a very small uh, team of seven women <laughs> and we've been running up and down since um about march we've been running up and down to pull this together and i think we've done a phenomenal job and i'm hoping i'm just i'm hoping for the best to, uh, tonight we sold quite a number of tickets, and um, due to the rain, I think some people might, may not, may not show up. But at the end of the day, we've made some of the money, and we'll be able to cover our, most of all of our costs by 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 tomorrow latest.
1: That's how I, I love women because you you I, I, you know, under any kind of situation, we get up and make it because we believe in something. We we thrive under pressure, actually. And with with the women of 1956 behind you. I'm, I'm sure you can't give up now. So Absolutely, so you,
0: absolutely not. So we and wish so, you all the success, but
1: tell us who's performing. Why should we come?
0: Okay, tonight we have, I think, um, Zama Zorbe, first and foremost, is one of those women artists who is amazing. She is a phenomenal artist. And I think that, you know, obviously over the last, 10 years of a career We haven't really Seen much of her So a lot of her fans I mean I grew up Listening to Zama Jobe We are basically About the same age So at the end of the day So I think a lot of Her, her old fans Are going are gonna to Show up tonight And then we have um, Local artists Like Krishanda Forbes Really, really powerful, powerful vocalist. Um, and then we have, uh, in our lineup, uh, I'm trying to think, I can't remember. The I'll the, tell uh,
1: you who you've got on your lineup, because this you is think. this is who <laughs> I would want to go and see. <laughs> firstly, firstly, by having Zama Jobe there, it's amazing, because I just read in the paper on Sunday that she's released a compilation of over... Yes. For the 10 years that she's been in business and with yes. a few new songs. So mm. I'm excited to hear the new songs. I'm excited mm. to see on stage because she's got but such great that. presence and she's she does, wonderful.
0: Absolutely, very soulful. Now
1: I'll tell you, Cruxander Forbes was on Idols once she upon a time. In the,
0: she was in the top three in top 2011. And you know, this morning actually we were on um, Expresso and I wish you had watched because that woman is a phenomenal vocalist. And for me, that is just a problem in South Africa. You know, our most talented artists do not get the spotlight. You find even the, the people who win idols, they win idols, watch them for a couple of months, then they fizzle out. So, I, you know, and I also, for me, I'm very passionate about the whole idea of uh, building the economy via entrepreneurship and via the arts. And I think that if you if you look at the economy of the United States, for instance, it is built on, on, on filming and, 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 and music. Of course, it's of course. It contributes as towards the economy of the state. And I, I look at, at our artists and I we're so talented, we've got such a lot of talent. Why can't we do the same? So what we need to, to, to ensure, ensure is um we need to ensure that we have uh, platforms on a, on a regular basis to, to, just for the sake of longevity, because our artists, their careers do not last, because they do not get booked. Okay. Yet, I mean, after... Now, after.
1: Puleen, I must say to you, we're still talking about your artists. We'll get to your yes. platform in a bit. Okay. You then have Karen Korkie. Yes. Who also is an amazing ex-idols winner, who's got I mean, the most yes. beautiful voice, who gave mm. us goosebumps, <laughs> and... and um. My favorite, my latest favorite, and I love all these girls, but somebody yes. who blew me away the last time I saw her on stage, yes. she seemed to have grown a hundred times, is Claire Phillips. She's who's a Who's also actress. performing at your concert. Yes,
0: yes. she's So absolutely apart from being actress. a
1: good performer, she plays the meanest guitar. Yes, she
0: does. <laughs> so, you know, she I'm does. very
1: excited for you to have these Thanks, girls yes. on your stage.
0: Thank you so much. Lelo. Now tell us what time the event begins. Okay, the event, uh, we'll open, um, the door for ticket sales, uh, from five, um, and we'll actually start the show at seven o'clock sharp. So, um, and where mean, is it? It's at the Good Hope Center, mm-hmm. um, in, 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 Cape Town. Uh,
1: so. I, I, you know, usually people have a, have sound issues at the Good Hope Center.
0: Oh no, I hope you don't. The, No, you know what, we have the best, you know what, we've been blessed, actually, we've been so blessed, because uh, we're working with Eastern Acoustics, and they actually, um, they were doing sound for joy, celebration. Oh, yeah, no, then
1: then you're fine, you're in good hands. Yeah,
0: so we sorted. You're in good hands.
1: Sweetheart, I know you've (laughs) got a sound check, you've got 101 things to take care of. I wish
0: you all the best Thank and, you, so much, you know, Danielle. good luck for tonight and Thank you so give much. my love to the girls, hey? Yes. Can I mention one last thing before you. What, what what, you what, 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 what? Okay, yes. just one last thing. Uh, Sybil worked with you, um, at Premier Arsul's office. Who? 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 Sybil. Sy- Sybil Ella. Oh, Sybil Ella, yes. She's in the lineup as well. Is she singing? She's singing to the music. Oh amazing my artist. word! <laughs> Tell her, I say, well done and good luck to her. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you though. so much for Okay, then. okay, bye-bye. okay then. bye bye. Bye. Oh, there's there's a
1: great women in song happening tonight at the Good Hope Centre. Doors open at five p.m., but the event starts at seven. Lots of women you may recognize: Amajobe, Kushanda Forbes, Claire Phillips. Karen Corky and more. It says, and they're all trying to uh, commemorate the great women of 1956. And uh, listen, our, our show is is will be podcast. So all you have to do is just go to our website to listen to um, something you may have missed while we're speaking to Ntabi Sibanda and while we were speaking with uh, with a. Um, tessa darling yeah dr tessa darling from uct but now it's time for our children's story